Welcome to a very special edition of the Channel 33 podcast. I'm Micah Peters. I'm a staff writer at The Ringer, and I'm here with Brian Tyree Henry, who plays Paperboy on the Yo. hit FX show Atlanta. What's up, man? <sighs> Nothing much, man. How are you doing today? We got some stuff to talk about, man. We do have some stuff to talk about. <laughs> so you went to Morehouse. I sure did. You got your MFA at Yale, mm-hmm. and you were in Puerto Ricans in Paris. <laughs> <laughs> I did see it. <laughs> Playing an African vendor with a damn snake, man. That was insane. Threatening to flood the market with fake handbags. Hey, man, that's what you got to do. Um, you were also in Boardwalk Empire, yeah. vice principals. Mm-hmm. But I remember in the winter of 2011, or was it the beginning of 2012? What? Yeah, I went to Eugene O'Neill Theater and saw the Book of Mormon. Yeah, man. And you <laughs> made an appearance <laughs> on stage as General Butt Fucking Naked. Uh, General Butt, General BFN, man. That was me, yeah. How did you land that part? You know, it's very interesting. At that time, I was doing this really great play at the Public Theater in New York, uh, written by Terrell Alvin McCraney, mm-hmm. who was a great friend of mine and classmate. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, my agency at the time was like, you should audition for Shrek the Musical. <laughs> And I was like, wait, coming from this play to, oh, yeah, that's a natural progression, I guess. So I went in with all intentions of bombing this audition. Mm-hmm. I was like, I do not want to play Donkey. I don't want to do, like, I, I don't want to do a musical. There's no way. Mm-hmm. Uh, but then I went in, and one of my fellow classmates was my reader. Mm-hmm. So I was like, well, I can't bomb this now because, like, my homegirl's <laughs> sitting right there. So I got to, like, really try to do something. Mm-hmm. And so the director at the time was Jason Moore, who, um, you know, was the original director of Book of Mormon. And I left there being like, yeah, I totally bombed that. I totally bombed <laughs> that shit. We're good. And I got a call from my agency, and they were like, so, yeah, you didn't get Shrek, but there's this workshop happening for uh, this play called The Mormon Musical. It's written by Trey Parker and Matt. And before she could even say, finish Matt Stone's name, I was like, yep, mm-hmm. Because I've been the biggest <laughs> South Park fan since it premiered, man. Yeah. I mean, I remember being in front of my television Wednesdays at 10 o'clock and watching, perfecting my Cartman, you know, just, like, trying to be chef, you know what I mean? So to get that opportunity to work with the two guys who I feel are complete like influences on my humor in my life i was yeah. like i gotta do it absolutely and then when i saw what the part was i was like bad it up like <laughs> okay i get to do what and i'm general but because there's a real general but naked i don't know if you know that like there's a real dude that's general but naked and he was a warlord that would go around circumcising women killing people but naked or sometimes dressed as a woman which i was like wait how did i guess that's scary i guess like and so, <laughs> yeah, no, seriously. Like. <laughs> and now he's like an, um, he's an evangelist. Like, he's a Christian, so he spreads the word of Christianity. Wow. Uh, there's a documentary about him, and I was like, he's not coming to the show, like, at all, right? Like, we're good, because I don't want him to see what I'm doing, but... Um, what is the name of that documentary, just for the record? I think it's uh, Butt Naked, General Butt Naked. It's literally just called General Butt Naked. Yeah, and th- there was just a day that I was allowed to improv and... Tra- <laughs> no, don't look it up now! I mean, no, seriously, it's real. It's really real. Okay, right. uh, And uh, there was just one day that Trey was like, Brian, why don't you add fuck to everything you say? And so I ended up saying General Butt Fucking Naked, and it stuck. It stuck, man. Wow. Yeah, okay. General Butt Naked, man, he's real. I think we kind of look alike, too, actually. Wow, this is... Yeah, <laughs> Oh, Mind the blown. redemption yeah, of look General at that. Yeah, that's the one General Butt Naked. Okay. Yeah, man. Okay, so how, how do you go from General Butt Fucking Naked? That's a good question. 
to landing the role in Atlanta? How did that come together? You know, I have one of the best managers in the world, Jen Wiley Stockton, and mm -hmm. when we started working together, she uh, really cared to know what, what I wanted to do. And so she came across this script called Atlanta, and I was like, you gotta be kidding, there's a show called Atlanta, and I'm like, nah. And um, because Atlanta's my favorite city in the world, it's mm -hmm. literally where I became who I am today. Like, that's where I discovered that I wanted to be an actor, and some of my best friends are still there, and I just love that city. And so she's like, there's a part I think you'd be great for, Alfred. And so I opened it, <laughs> and instantly I was like, yeah. <laughs> like, I got, like, yeah, I know this dude, man. I know exactly who Alfred is. I just smoked with him yesterday. Like, mm -hmm. you know, like, I have to do this. Like, I have to do it. And uh, I went in and auditioned, and, you know, it was kind of, you know, in and out. Mm -hmm. And then by the time I got home, I found out that I was called back to test. Like, not to the callback, but to test. And so at this time, I was filming Vice Principals. Mm -hmm. So I flew back to Charleston, South Carolina. And they were like, yeah, you got to come back to test. So I flew in <laughs> that morning. And they were like, yeah, Donald's going to be in the room. And I was like, I'm sorry, like, Gambino Donald? Like, Donald who? Like, Donald, not that Donald, <laughs> but, like, Donald who? Uh, and... He was there, man, and Hero was there, and mm -hmm. and we just read the scenes together, and it was like Natural. I was sitting next to family. Yeah. I mean, it was instantaneous because I mean I've been a fan of Childish Gambino's forever, uh -huh. and I I'm a big fan of his movie Mystery Team. I just think it's the funniest thing ever, and uh, we just played with each other, man. We just talked and we just tripped and we ad libbed, and then by the time I finished that, I had to get on a plane, fly back to finish uh, filming Vice Principals, and by the time the plane landed, they were like, "So yeah, you got the pilot." And I screamed on this plane like a crazy person. I'm surprised I didn't get escorted <laughs> off. Those poor white people were terrified. Like, I'm like, it's a new show. It's called Atlanta. Will you guys watch it? I don't know. I don't think it's for you guys. Like, but <laughs> it was it was great. And um, we filmed the pilot uh, short after. And uh, it was just, the pilot took six days, I think. Mm -hmm. And it was just the most fun ever. It was, you know, like I always say that I'm, not going to work, I'm gonna go play with my friends. And it's really real, like, just because they all cut doesn't mean that we were done, like, hanging out. Like, yeah. you could tell the environment of that set but from, like, costume designers and, and, and hair and makeup and even people at craft service, like, we were family. Yeah. And you show up to work ready to have fun. Like, we shared music and, you know, did all this thing. Like, that's how Tame Impala came into the commercial. Donald decided to play this song while we were filming this commercial. On. New person, like, same old mistakes. Yeah, yeah. man. And, um, and we share music together and, yeah. and all that stuff. And it just reflects in the show. And they're just family. I couldn't have asked to be in a better place, seriously. And speaking of music. Nah. Um, Don't stun on me right now. I'm not going to stun you right now. I'm not going to stun you right now. I'm just going to ask. Okay. How did the record, the actual record, the paperboard record come together? Did you know, man, uh, that because was it actually sounds the like first some... thing we shot. That was yeah. the first thing we shot because when I landed to film the pilot, they were like, so music videos first. And I was like, wait, wait what? And they sent me the, uh, the song, I'd say like four or five days uh, before. And I was just like, this is fire, dude. I was like, this song is, I was like, this song is like, fire. It was so, and so I would sit there and memorize it, and then they're like, all right, we're gonna shoot the music video, and we went to Bankhead, man. We went to Bankhead, Georgia, uh, to this housing projects there, and um, there were all these extras coming out and like, seven-inch stilettos, and we're like on people's porches, and I'm just like rapping this thing, because the actual person rapping the song is Steven Glover, his brother, who's oh, okay. a homie, like, I mean, yeah. Donald and Steven, man, that brotherhood is, 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 unparalleled to any, I mean, they're great. I love them. Fun fact, we have the same barber. 
No, you don't really. Yeah, seriously. <laughs> <laughs> all right, yeah, all right, yeah, 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 yeah. Like, sense, actually, right? okay, yeah. No, man, Steven's the homie, man. I mean, yeah. that, just watching those two is brother. Like, because the thing that's so great about Donald and Steven is that they're so educated and so smart, but they can make each other laugh. Like, you know, and I was like, that's a badge of honor. If I can make Steven and Donald laugh, then I'm good, man. Mm -hmm. Like, because they're just so. Um, that love is real. You can see it, and it's the symbiosis where you can see if Donald is thinking about this, Stephen can come in and hitch. And that goes for the whole writing team. Like all the writing team is so fantastic, man. Femi and then and Stephanie, like they're all great. They're all they're all great, and um, you can just see that there's this kind of um, this glue that keeps them together. Like their humor is right on par with like how we felt on set and things that we say. And and Donald's just really good at streamlining that and figuring out how to tell that story. And it, it's it's so great. I love, I love being on the set, man. So I remember reading in, I believe it was an interview with Vulture uh -huh. or The Guardian, I can't remember, but you were talking about creating the Paperboy character yeah, and citing like Chance the Rapper, Donald himself yeah. and Anderson Pac as like character uh, studies, but yeah, like how did you get into the, like how did you get into like how, what did you pull in to make the character? Because it seems like you focus more on like his traits or his habits. Yeah, I wanted or... to, I, I didn't really necessarily want to model him after any hip hop artist because yeah. that that would have played, that would have gotten old really quick because yeah. that's the great thing about hip hop is that you come in as an individual. Whatever your story is, whatever, you know, you can be anybody, come from any walk of life. And as long as you have a story to tell, then, you know, it's, it's fire, but I didn't want to model him after anybody because I don't think that when hip hop artists become stars that they think they'd ever become models of anything. They just came as they were. So what I really wanted to do was really focus on who Alfred was. Like, because I really believe that we all have an Alfred, man. Like, everyone has an Alfred. I don't care what, everyone has an Alfred. Mm -hmm. And I just really thought about the Alfreds I have in my life, you know, and, and that some of those influences are my best friend and Kenny Thomason that I went to college with. Uh, and, and he also ended up going to Yale as well. And my homeboy, Will, and um, my father especially, because my father used to throw these dope, dope-ass parties at our house when I was a kid. Mm -hmm. and, you know, everyone's smoking and drinking, playing cards, and just like, you know, <laughs> but they would turn up like real, like yeah, real like hard. A regular kick and back. I just wanted Alfred to be that dude that people could see and, and really relate to and be like, oh yeah, I know that dude. Like, I, I know that dude, oh, that's my cousin. And yeah, yo, I just said that yesterday, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, so I didn't really want to model him after anybody. I just really wanted him to not be stereotyped and to be labeled because throughout the show, you see that happening to him anyway in this world. Like the end of the Black Bieber episode Come where on, she man. says, you're the rapper, everybody yeah, wants asshole, you to be the right? asshole. And yeah. I'm like, wait, what though? Like, wait a minute. So I really just wanted him to be a guy that people could relate to. And um, also there's not a lot of representations of Alfreds out there. And if there are representations of Alfreds, it usually ends the same way. He's dead or goes to jail or stays in that life. But with, with Alfred, I really wanted him to have some levity, to have some a sense of humor, to be cultured, to be intelligent, to to be petty as fuck. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, <laughs> which I think is really showing because yeah. I mean, pettiness is the greatest thing. Pettiness 2016 campaign right here. So the scene where you are, first of all, let's just back <laughs> yeah, up. Let's, let's, talk, let's, let's, let's talk let's, about. Let's, let's talk about. The fact that you introduce Justin Bieber as a straight-up black character. With no apologies. No apologies, <laughs> no explanations. Nah, man, I don't think it's necessary because it's like, 
you know, Atlanta is its own universe. I feel mm -hmm. Atlanta is a mecca. It's a black mecca, and it, and it has this, it's created so much culture and created so many trends and create and it's constantly always evolving. Largest and, black middle class. You know what I mean? And yeah. um, you know, place of civil rights and HBCUs. You know what I mean? So, what I think was great about that episode is you get to watch Alfred kind of give into this fame a little bit, mm -hmm. kind of give into the fact like, yo, I'm MVP, bro. Like, <laughs> I'm about to kill this. And you're playing with Jaleel White and Lloyd, you know, and Lil Zane. <laughs> yeah. and he's like, I've come up. I've come up in the world. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, you know, Justin Bieber comes in. And, and you know, and he's a dick. <laughs> like, <Yeah. what? laughs> but also making him black kind of removed it kind of removed any kind of um, whatever notions we thought about the Justin Bieber that we know in real life. It allowed it to play out in a way and, and gave me a lot of room and that actor, Austin Crew, who played Justin Bieber, mm -hmm. a lot of space to really do and say the things we want to do and say to Justin Bieber. Like, because Justin Bieber's crazy, which is fine. Fame, but this is, I mean, I think he's the best prototype of what fame does, you yeah. know what I mean? And, and Been in the uh, public eye for seven straight years. You know what I mean? And, and you're this young white boy that has like an, a soulful voice and people are dying over you, but at yeah. the same time, you know that you're white and you know you're privileged and you're like, I'm gonna just do this. And <laughs> people are gonna like, put me on your shoulders and carry me up the Great Wall. Like, there's, wait, what? It's like, there's actually like the best episode of, this is, stay with me. I'm right? with you, Watch I'm how holding. deep this is. Okay, look, do this, dude. Get me in the world. <laughs> no, what I'm talking about is that <laughs> There's this episode of Twilight Zone where this guy basically dies and goes to purgatory, but purgatory is this casino where he can't lose at any game. Oh, wow. And initially he thinks he's in heaven, but then realizes through the monotony that this is literally the, the darkest time. Do you watch Black Mirror? Yeah, I do. Are you into the season right now? I just started. Me too. But I'm, not, like, I'm only the first, I've only one episode. Okay, ever. like that, I think that that's kind of what we wanted to do. Like, we wanted to make it very twice. Well, Donald used to describe it as uh, Twin Peaks for rappers. You know, what right, I mean? right, like, right, right. Because fame and being a rapper, which he would know, is is strange, man. It's strange the things that you a can get away with, the things that are given to you, the things that people take away from you, and how much is expected of you. Mm -hmm. But yet, if I'm rapping about this, this, and that, why would you automatically think that I'm going to be about this, this, and that? You know, mm -hmm. so. I think with the Justin Bieber episode, which is great, is it also uh, kind of threw at us, like, what do we think celebrity is? Right. Where, how do we take down the guise of celebrity, you know? Because at the end of the day, yeah, I did shoot somebody, but, you know, I don't understand why you guys, this guy just called these fans all kinds of bitches and yeah. is up here saying nigga this and nigga that, you know what I mean? And y'all don't really care about- The hard R. You know, with the hard R, with the hard <laughs> ER, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, and that's the Gambino verse. Yeah. Um, it but, is. Yeah, ha -ha. Uh, but I'm just like, no one's seen, it's amazing the passes that are given to people sometimes yeah. when they're celebrities. And I think that Alfred is just trying to find his way through that because this fame is not something he necessarily asked for. And now he has to. <laughs> yeah. And he's in his town. Like, this is his town. This is his home. So now he has to navigate these streets completely differently now because, you know, he's, he's on the come up. Yeah. And he doesn't know. He, he really doesn't know how to do this and, and be anything but who he is. And that's kind of the essence of what I wanted for Alfred. Um, and you know, I've, I've noticed that I only call him Alfred, I rarely call him Paperboy. Uh, yeah. Because, you know, Paperboy is the public. You know, Paperboy is the thing that everyone 
season four, but the foil for you know what I mean? Alfred, yeah. Like Batman and Bruce Wayne. There you go. Cause, oh, that was deep. That was that deep. Was deep, man. Wow. I like that. Paperboy, right. alter ego. Um, but yeah, I just really <laughs> wanted Alfred to. Um, I really wanted there to be a representation that people could look at and say, you know what, I know him, and and, and I heard. I heard my cousin say that the other night. Oh, the, remember how he wears that purple polo? You know? Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I, I really wanted Alfred to be the voice of reason um, or the voice of, of, you know, people like me. You know, mm -hmm. like he gives me the outlet to do and say things that I necessarily, as Brian, can't really do. Mm -hmm. Like I'm not running around slapping people with cash as much as I want to. That was oh! so good. <laughs> like <laughs> as much as I'd like to. Uh, but Alfred, man, I think he just represents that side in all of us that just just doesn't want to be overlooked mm -hmm. and is incredibly um, loving and has a huge heart, you know? Yeah. Um, you were talking about how, like, basically each episode kind of operates, like, in this thing that's, like, adjacent to reality. Yeah. Like, how there's something, like, sinister lurking about the edges. Mm -hmm. So you have those supernatural elements, like, Miles with the... With the invisible car and the pet peacock and the pet he couldn't peacock, couldn't just stunt with an invisible car. He had to bring a pet peacock and buy the bar and the dog with the Texas on him or whatever. <laughs> Donald is good at setting up these. Uh, the mind of Donald Glover, man, is just brilliant because he is so unafraid. He's so unafraid to turn the scope on the viewer too. You know, I find with with our show, I have to watch the episodes maybe three, four times, and I still find stuff I didn't see before. Mm -hmm. I still find things that are hidden within that I didn't even notice before. Like, one of my favorites is, uh, I think it's episode three with the Migos, and they're trying to find parking, and the dude comes up with the lightsaber, <laughs> and he, like, jacks up the price, and then as they drive away, he goes, we all we got. <laughs> I'm like, I'm like, like, wait a minute, like, wait, dude, that's your selling point, but he's right, you know what I mean? Eight seven dollars, six dollars, come on, We all we got. Yeah. It's, it's so brilliant, man, and, and, and Donald is so good at just pulling that out and just, like, putting it out there for people to see, and, um... Yeah, like, and... The episode that's actually going to be airing tonight, the Juneteenth oh, one. Juneteenth, yeah. Man. There's oh, the scene great. where he's in the study at the bougie house party, mm -hmm. and the lady's white husband, who's just like enthralled yeah. with black culture, oh, is yeah. literally painted a picture of a muscle-bound, seven-foot black dude mm -hmm. slaying a chimera. Yeah, a chimera. And he's just like, and this he's just is like. And that's why I like Ernzi and the reaction, like, the fuck? Like, what? What? In my face, like, I mean, and, and, and big ups to uh, Cassandra Freeman, who plays the wife. That's a good buddy of mine. Mm -hmm. um, and she plays the wife of this white man. And, but how many times have we been in that situation, though? Like, yeah. I mean, it's just like, I, I, I love it. My favorite thing is when someone uh, of Caucasian persuasion um, <laughs> likes to just come to me, like, it's different if I'm dressed like this, it's a handshake. Mm -hmm. If I'm dressed like me, it's already like this. And I'm like, oh, I didn't even ask. I didn't, I didn't say I wanted that. But you know what, though? I mean, this is what I'm liking about our show, mm -hmm. is that it's sparking a conversation that we have all been bubbling to have. Like, we've all felt these things. We've all seen these things. We all know what this is. It's no different than the pilot with the homeboy being like, yeah, really, nigga? Yeah. You know? Yeah. <laughs> and yeah. It's me sitting there, and all of a sudden, you shook. But it's this allowance, I feel, that's happening um, lately because people are very verbose about how they really feel lately, and usually how they really feel is incredibly negative, and... 
it, it, we've gotten to a place where we're really tired of being stifled and, and made to feel like how we feel is wrong or that there's nobody out there that has the same opinion that we do. And, and I feel like Atlanta just puts it out there and is like, here you go. How about we address all that stuff and you take from it what you will. If you think that that's important, then do. If you think Dodge Chargers are this, then we'll do that. You know what I mean? Yeah. And um, it's just so great, the layers that this show is providing, because I feel like regardless of what race or gender or sexuality you are, this show can speak to you about something and yeah. gives you a place to feel like you can crack up about it and yeah. really laugh at it, because it is absurd. You know, but what's absurd to some is normalcy for others. So I feel like that's what our show is aiming to do, and I hope we're doing it. Yeah. Speaking of Dodge Chargers, uh -oh. the, the BAN episode <laughs> is literally an episode of The Chappelle Show. Yeah, that's great. That's the best compliment I've ever gotten. That's yeah, great. it's like... But that's what that was the gift of Chappelle, yeah, though, right? Right. Like he, I will never forget when this when this fool decided to do the niggers the episode, <laughs> the nigger <laughs> like, family. Yeah. Oh, nigga, please, nigga, yeah, please. Yeah, 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 and he's yeah. the milkman. I was like, wait, 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 what? This is amazing. Like I remember in college when that show came out, and this is how I kind of feel, and, and I'm hoping with uh, with Atlanta. When Chappelle's show came out, I was like a sophomore in college or junior in college, and me and all my friends every Wednesday night would get together, go to some, to go to the homie's house, you mm -hmm. know, burn it out, and then watch the Chappelle show. It was a community mm -hmm. thing that had to happen. Yeah. And I haven't had a show like that in a very long time. I think the last show that, you know, you call the friends over, well, for me, it was, <laughs> yeah, <clears throat> it was, a, it was a, I think, How to Get Away with Murder. <laughs> Which I'm sorry, it's still fly. I watch I mean, every like John Lynch. I still watch Grey's Anatomy. I don't get. I don't care what anybody says. It's still dope. Um, but I like what Atlanta does because it, it's so much better together. Yeah. Which is the theme, I think, of how we want to walk in this life because it's once you realize that the person next to you may see something that you didn't and you go, oh, wait a minute, what was that? Let's catch that. Like, I can't watch Atlanta with my friends because we always have to rewind it mm -hmm. because people are still laughing or, or pointing out something that we didn't see before. And I hope that that's what's going on across America, um, and that people are sparking conversations and and are happy and are laughing at the absurdities of this world that we encounter sometimes. And I just feel like Atlanta is just, you know what, as a matter of fact, this is how I know Atlanta's working, okay? okay. This, so I will never forget after the episode BAN, after Black American Network, mm -hmm. I, I needed to rent a car and I needed to go out of town for a weekend. And I go to Enterprise rent a car, I hope that's cleared that I can say Enterprise. Um, and I go to Enterprise, and, you know, it was a Latino dude and a black dude behind the counter. Yeah. And, you know, I'm still trying to get used to being recognized. Mm -hmm. um, so they see my ID and they're like, oh, okay, cool. Oh, and you live in Harlem too, dude? I was like, yeah, I live in Harlem. So he's like, all right, we got your car ready. It's a Dodge Charger. They were like, yeah, man, we want you to keep it in the divorce. I was like, see? That's what I want, man. Like, I love that Enterprise got jokes. So, you know what I mean? Like, I love that they, <laughs> I just love oh that, man. It's the funniest uh, thing. It's the funniest thing to me that people are coming together and sharing th this humor and, and, and doing it in the best possible way. Like, black Twitter, it, like, <laughs> Twitter during Tuesday nights is the funniest thing I've ever it's seen. It's the best place it's to be. It's just the best place to be. It's the best be. place to be. Uh, someone said a comment like Atlanta is black Twitter personified. I'm like, okay, cool. We'll go with that. And it just gives a, a community. I think that it made its own community. It makes a community from people from all walks of life. And we can just talk about this stuff, man. You know, and, yeah. and do it um, intelligibly and, and, and just keep on going, you know? Yeah. 
It's also just like, it kind of hits that sweet spot in between like how every black film or thing on TV is like either you are a caricature or a superhero. Yeah, man. And it's just like, these are just people there living their lives. There doesn't seem to be uh, in between. Yeah. It has to be either far left or far right, and especially because of the color of our skin. There are things and stories being told that aren't necessarily ours. They're told through the the viewfinder of other people, you know what I mean? And, and, and I think that what Atlanta is doing is like at the end of the day, yeah, it's in Atlanta, and yes, these characters are black, but everything about this story is 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 ours. It's it's our story, and we never said you couldn't relate to it. <clears throat> you know, it's, it, people will see it and instantly go, well, that's not for me, because you see three black men with peaches in their mouths, yeah. but you didn't realize at the end of the day, it's about all kinds of things, all social issues, things that aren't even that relevant. You know, we, we just want to talk about it. We want to make a malt liquor commercial. Where can we do that? Why not on our show? You know what I mean? One for Philly Blunts. You know what I mean? Like Swish <laughs> Sweets, man. Y'all know. As soon as you saw that knife come out, all of you knew. <laughs> you Everyone know exactly knew what was exactly happening. what was happening. I don't care what race you were. You knew that you liked it more for the taste. You liked it. You liked the taste. You liked it more for something else. So I like that about our show that it does that. Yeah. Um, so a thing that you, a way that I've seen that you've referred to uh, Z and um, Keith and Donald uh, in past interviews is that you would drive their Bronco. I have to stop this. Like, I have to stop saying this, but it's the only analogy I can think of that's really real. Like, uh -huh. when AC got that call, he was like, regardless, man, I'm going to go and get my friend. And that's really, really how I feel about them. Mm -hmm. I, I mean, I have never experience um, anything like this on a television show before. And um, they, it was just instant. It was instant chemistry, instant love, instant support. Um, and they have been <clears throat> the backbone of a lot of my strength in the past uh, year. And, and there's nothing I wouldn't do for them, you know what I mean? So I would drive their Bronco for them. And you know, <laughs> you know, cause AC got off, right? He didn't go to jail. So I, I would, I would, I would drive. <laughs> <laughs> like, but Minimal I love stakes. them, man. I mean, I love them, and you know, because it's real easy to find a lot of shows where people don't get along and people don't want to tell this story. People want to do, but we're just along for the ride, man. We're really—I don't think any of us expected Atlanta to do what it's doing, but we believed in it so damn much that it was like, we, we. There's no other recourse but yeah. to keep doing it and keep striving, and they're my family, man. They're my family, and yeah. I love them, and. You know, here's to another season, man. Like, yeah, man. Here's to another season of it. I mean, I could, I, I, I always say I'm going to play with my friends. It was, even if I wasn't called that day, I would go to set yeah. just to see what was going on, yeah. just to make sure that, you know, we were having fun. And, and we always did. And it, it would not have been possible without every single person that had a hand in Atlanta. I mean, it was the best experience of my life. And I'm just so glad that people are loving it because the fans of Atlanta, man, I, it's, I've never seen such grace in my life. People are so kind and so great. One of my favorite things that people say to me is, we really needed this. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, I never even thought about that. Like, when's the last time I saw a show that I felt like I needed, like, you know? And, and it just, won't, it, it, it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. And I will always thank the fans. I will always say hello. I will always take your artwork because the Atlanta fan artwork, it's fire, first of all. <laughs> I have never seen such imaginative stuff like the Atlanta artwork, and 
I feel like our show gives people the space to kind of do that. And, mm -hmm. I, and I, I want to keep doing that. I, I want all the artwork. I want all the typography. I want all of it. Because um, mm -hmm. I feel like it's inspiring people to get to go out there and create stuff, especially people of color, especially people from the South, especially people who felt like they, they want to make it and have a dream, but they can't really get there. And, you know, it's it's, it's we want to be that beacon, man. We want to be that lighthouse to guide people to the right place of, of creativity. So I, I hope that we're doing that. Yeah, absolutely. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> um, so looking forward. Okay. Because you gave Paperboy his, or Alfred, excuse me. His, <laughs> I was like, what? His, sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. You gave him his trace. Like, he likes to smoke weed. He likes to play video games. He's a Virgo. Uh, you really read my man. I'm like, man, you family now, man. Thank you for that, man. That's great. Uh, what about, like, as he becomes more successful and gets to branch out into different things? Yeah. Like, what do you, what can you see, like, what fingers, what pies is Alfred going to have his fingers in? Honestly, like, man, I want the petty game to be so up, like, next season. I w because my, my vision for Alfred is that by this time, the fame will actually have gotten to his head. Like, remember that time when Drake was going through that period of trying to get swole and everything and trying it's to be- still going on. And I'm like, Drake, but why? Like, what, but, but the why? Forearm tattoos You're still singing, the you're singing me the... great R&B hits. So I don't really understand, but then he'll spit a mixtape and then you're like, oh, wait, hold up. There he is. Like, there he is. I kind of want that for Alfred. Like, okay. I want, <laughs> like, I want Alfred to start wearing like Billionaire Boys Club and stuff like, like, I want, <laughs> like, I want him to really start smelling himself and then have to come back down to reality because the thing about the show is that Alfred always has to come back down yeah like, he always gets there and when he thinks he's there and there's always like so I feel like next season I want him to smell himself so hard that it's the fame has kind of gotten to his head and then it's just a series of just unfortunate events for him like just, just a series like I want like, like he goes into a target and is like why is my CD in here hold up we're there like what's going on like you know <laughs> I want to I don't know and and it's it's exciting I have no idea but I do think that his friendships and his uh familial structure will get a little deeper and broader I mean there's no telling man I mean Donald, <laughs> like it's uh, it, there is no telling what's gonna happen with Paperboy, man. Like, it, but I really hope that he continues to be the chief of pettiness. I hope he opens a petting zoo and calls it a petty zoo. A petty zoo. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean, like, I, there's, there's there's no there's no uh, boundaries on Alfred. I don't think. I think he can go anywhere. Cool. Um, I'm excited to see where it goes. Me too. Me too. Um, but before you get out of here, okay, I got. One more question. I need to know. Let's do it, bro. I need to know. Let's do it. Say that you are going to enjoy a multi-course meal. Okay. In a very pristine house. Okay. And you get to invite five other dinner guests. Okay. You're like top five. You know what? No, better analogy. You're playing basketball and you have a starting five. They don't have to actually be able to play basketball, but we're just going like to call me, it your starting five. Like me, because I don't know how five. to play basketball. Yeah, okay. Yeah, okay. Okay. My starting five. Could be anybody, well, except they have to be alive and real people. Do they have to actually play basketball, too? No, they don't have to Because I want a motley crew on my team. You don't have to. They it. don't have to be. They can throw the ball over the backboard okay, instead of, like, on a finger roll. Uh, my, first, <laughs> my first teammate would have to be James Baldwin uh, because 
this dude lived. This dude really was one of the smartest uh, people that has walked this earth, in my opinion. True. Uh, and we'll, uh, just really like that black experience, man, like James Baldwin was all about empowerment. And I think he would be great to play basketball with and smoke with. Um, uh, I would also invite, this is going to sound so weird. Uh, I'm obsessed with Rosario Dawson. I really am. Like, I'm obsessed with her. Like, I'm obsessed with her. She can do no wrong at all. So I just want Rosario there because she's just brilliant and mm -hmm. dope. Um, Angela Davis has to be there, you know, to keep it alive, you of know, course. keep it, keep us in check. Um, <laughs> um, I'm kind of, I'm not gonna lie, like, I'm really fascinated with Gucci Mane, too. Oh. So Gucci's gotta be I gotta, somewhere. Like, I, I would give so much money. Every penny that I've ever earned to have Gucci and Young Jeezy at the dinner table at the same time. <laughs> Man, that just, dinner would be... <laughs> just so I could have Gucci talk about truth and how he was just like, why don't you go dig up your dead pot? And I was just like... Well, that's, so that brings me to my fifth. Birdman's got to be there. Oh. <laughs> Birdman's got to be at the table, bro. I mean, you done or you finished? <laughs> like, is you done? Is you finished? Is you done you finished? Is you done or you finished, man? No put some put respect some on it. Name. Put some respect on that salad, bro. Yeah, no, I, that'd be my... My starter five. Well, right good, now. man. That's a, that sounds like a very good starter five think, to I me. I think it'll work. I think it'll crush. I think it'll work. I think it definitely will. It's a four And you know, just season. in case, just in case, you know, they're benched. Jaden Smith's up there, too. I kind of need him up there. <laughs> I love Jaden Smith, dude. That man is wise. That man is there. I love Jaden Smith. Big ups to Jaden. So you, Big ups to Jaden. Yeah, man. So that'll be my, my crew. Cool. I appreciate you stopping by. Of course, man. Um, This has been an emergency podcast on the Channel 33 Network. I'm Micah Peters. I'm a staff writer at The Ringer. And this is Brian Tyree Henry. Sitting under Trump, which does not reflect my heart. Just so you know. <laughs> All right. All right. Thank you. <laughs> Later.